It reminds me, when it rains, I don't know why, in the human psyche, people are more on time. They're early. Hmm. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're subconsciously, well, uh, get stuck in traffic, or I slip and fall out here. We've had people slip and fall, by the way. Um, I'm not counting graduation now when they're on the piss, loaded. <laughs> but it reminds me, I used to be um, chairman of a number of companies um, in, the, in Amsterdam, in, in the Netherlands. And one of which was the, uh, by the EU, we got voted the uh, fastest growing uh, company in the EU. And uh, the, uh, the, the founder was uh, named CEO of the, um, of the year or something like that. <coughs> one of the guys on the board was, a, uh, we had very, very high powered Dutch guys. And one of the guys on the board was a, was a, a wealthy, wealthy guy who lived um, in, uh, in a tax haven, and he was always late. And he'd fly in his jet, and uh, he used to land his jet on, on, uh, on um, runways. Uh, whether he got permission or not, he just paid the fucking fine. He didn't give a shit. In fact, I did that once too, but. Um, so uh, whenever he'd come in, and he'd come in an hour late, he'd say, good afternoon. No matter, you know, if it was a morning, he'd say, good afternoon. Now this guy, and some of you may be old enough to remember, He's a guy that sued the tax authority of the Dutch government. He sued them. Uh, because he says, you're harassing me so goddamn much, I'm going to sue you for harassment and slander. And then he got the bright idea. I wish this was my idea, but it's not my idea. He got the bright idea uh, and, uh, that he was going to uh, raise money in a public shell to fight the government. So he put, he, they, had an, they, had an, they had a secondary offering for the Shell company. He raised millions. People that hated the government bought the shares so he could fight his tax battle. Now some people say that he put a lot of that money just in his pocket and he didn't need it to fight the debt. But I don't know that for a fact. But uh, he was a pretty innovative guy. But speaking of me landing one time uh, uh, in... Uh, without permission. I used to have planes and stuff like that, and they're the, the worst money any corporation can have. I don't give a fuck how big you are. It's just pissing, it's just pissing money, you know, not a rat hole. So um, I had a plane and I was uh, uh, at some meetings in uh, Aspen, Colorado. And Aspen, Colorado was a, uh, just, it was a, uh, I didn't know this, was a daytime airport. You can only land in the daytime. I don't know if that's still the case. So I was, uh, 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 my wife called me and says, uh, you know, I'd really like to see you this weekend. Okay, okay, fine. I says, uh, I'll send the jet for you. Send the jet to go get her. This is what people have when they have too much fucking money. <laughs> you know, I won't tell you how much it costs just for me to go pick up my wife for, to bring her home for the weekend. So when they were coming back, uh, they uh, were late, weather or something like that. And so uh, the, um, they were going to have to divert to Denver, Colorado, and uh, they were going to spend the night there uh, because it's, it's, it's a daytime uh, airport. I said, land anyway. What the fuck do I care? I'm big. You know? I got London Wheel. I'm Brian Rose. What the fuck? I'm big. So they land. 10000 buck fine. <coughs> 10000 buck fine. So they're chewing me out, and I'm saying, and I really didn't know it was a daytime airport when I sent the jet back. I did know before they landed. I didn't know, I didn't know, I'm going, mea culpa, mea culpa, please forgive me for 
forgive me, and as I'm, as I'm trying to get out of it, and they're just about to let me off the $10,000 fine, my jet takes off in the dark <laughs> to go back to Denver to go fuck around with my pilots. And then the guys go, whose plane is that? Whose plane is that? It's, it's X1723. That's your plane. They landed in the dusk and they jerked off in the dark. 25 grand. Oh, fuck. Anyway, but my wife, uh, we had a nice weekend, and, but uh, so uh, it makes me, it makes me, reminds me of that. But uh, don't get planes. When you buy companies that have planes, the first thing you should do, get rid of them. Same thing with big boats. Same thing with big boats. And, uh, but uh, I, the, and the employees, the senior employees always used to say, you deserve a plane, Dan. We should keep at least one of them. And uh, I still remember during ski season, uh, our head of exploration's daughter said, uh, Uncle Dan, can I use the plane to go to Utah to ski? Now, I said no, uh, but uh, it's interesting. But that's a problem you guys don't have yet. I say yet because you, you, know, you get up on that wall, the Hall of Fame, you will have those problems. But now the fiduciary responsibility you have for shareholders is massive. I left right at the cusp of leaving, being public, a CEO of a public company. I left right at the right time. Right at the right time. Because a lot of the things that I think shareholders complain about are absolutely correct. No question about it. But some of them they whine and whinge about is bullshit. Because they have no idea what it takes to run a big company. They have no idea the reason why those guys get big bucks or get big pounds or big shekels is because they make tough to fucking decisions. And that's why they get paid that big money. Okay. Um, you read the thing by Seneca last night. Right? Yeah. Um, okay. And uh, I'd like somebody to volunteer uh, to give me their, uh, their feedback. Or as they say in Asia, feedbacks. And they say, don't say cut fruit. They say cut fruits. The feedbacks of what... Um, the man that uh, lived from uh, 4 AD, or no, excuse me, 4 BC to 64 AD, if I remember correctly, or something like that, in Roman times. Uh, what was he trying to say? Brian, what was he trying to say? He was saying that um, life is actually not short if you don't waste your time, and if you seize the day and take advantage of it, then... Amen! There you go. It's not as futile as it looks. That's, That's what he exactly. said. That's very succinct, very accurate. That's it. That's it. Waste uh, the thing that I the, the the operative words for me are waste time, because like the, a couple of young guys in here, they'll say you got all the time in the world. You're young. But why are you in such a hurry? And I say just the antithesis of that, because one day you wake up and you're 40, 50, 60, and God forbid, almost 70, uh, and then and then a lot of time will have passed. Rob, what did you get out of it? Uh, I, I agree with what Brian said. You know, most complain about their circumstances that they're currently in. Um, time is looked upon with <laughs> contempt and not particularly valued um, just because it's uh, a free resource and people look upon free as, as valueless. Very good. Remember how I said, you know, people ask, well, Dan, why did Dan put money in the deal? Because Dan's time is more important than his money. Uh, because time's precious to me. And when you start to run out of runway, like I am, 
Okay? Running out of runway means your lifespan, you're coming towards the end of the cycle. And I think I'm going to live another 70 years. Uh, so, but I mean, I'm certainly going to, if you guys don't start taking care of better, your, better <coughs> care of yourself, I'll outlive all of you. You know? But I shouldn't. Some of the young guys in here, you know, should be pissing on my grave. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, in, in a number of years, but that's why time's so precious, and that's why I don't like to fucking waste it. And that's why, you know, uh, and I even knew this uh, before I articulated it. When I'd be in meetings and I'd hear bullshit, and I'd just get up and leave, or tell them to shut up, or I'd answer the question uh, before they even uh, finished um, asking me the question. I, ha I had a sense of urgency, and part of that sense of urgency is my military background. When you take too long to make decisions, it can cost lives. And even though this doesn't cost lives, to me, it's, uh, it's, it's still a great metaphor. And that's why I talk about your action plans as war plans. And uh, the um, and people that are in a hurry. But now, the opposite of that is, somebody's got to cross the T's and dot the I's. Because the devil's in the detail. Now, Mr. Detail Man here, Herr Professor, Doctor, over here, uh, some people can be, uh, not some people, you can be too detail-oriented, you can, and you take a lot of time to make decisions. Uh, and Germans, uh, except for Marcus, he's an exception to that rule. He's not a German, though. He would take exception to that. Germanic peoples um, like things to be just so, and they, they don't like to make mistakes. And so to have some of those people as part of your team are not necessarily Germanic, but I mean people that think that way. Engineers are that way. I poke up fun of a lot of engineers. We've got three or four, four engineers, I guess, in, in the group today. Um, I poke fun of it, but they do shit right. They can be a pain in the ass. They can be a hemorrhoid because they take longer and they want it to be perfect. And, but as long as somebody's there to say, okay, it's good enough, and then it leaves the assembly line. Uh, Miles, what did you think? Well, I have to read it quite a few times, but I mean, really, well, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Somehow, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I don't. I, I have difficulty reading this old world stuff. Uh, but that life is. I mean, it says it several times here. Life is short, um, but it's not that necessarily the time we're given is so short, but we waste it. And that's why I asked you, and I'm glad you used those words. You do too much research. You know more about me than I do. This young man knows more about me. I'm surprised. He, well, he may I even know my sex patterns. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He knows more about And he's not the only guy. There's a couple other guys here that know a lot about me. Which is fine. I'm an open book. I have no secrets. You know? And for the YouTubers, I mean, you see if you can find anything bad about me as compared to the rest of the industry. And because I've gone out of my way to have a clean slate. I've gone out of my way uh, because I don't want to leave my kids and uh, the legacy of he crooked so, uh, two million people, etc., etc. So I've been careful. And the good news is a lot of the stuff that I did was pre-internet. Pre-internet. So I came right at the right time. Right at the right. Left being a, a CEO of a big public company right at the right time. So, uh, but I'm sure that uh, um, I still uh, I still remember uh, uh, shareholders meetings um, when I get asked these questions and I 
I'd look at our in-house lawyer, I'd look at our out-house lawyer, out, uh, you know, and I, and uh, sometimes the, the in-house lawyer would stand up and say, um, Mr. Pendleton needs, uh, needs to catch a plane. Uh, uh, we'll answer that in letter form, please write us, put it in written form, etc., etc. when they'd ask some stupid shit question. Uh, the biggest question I used to be asked is why we had so much concentration of ownership uh, with the foreign government, uh, the Kuwaiti government, 29.9%, which was a good question, but I'd answered it at least 500 times, at least. So some dipshit would <laughs> buy five shares, and he wouldn't look at the annual report, da-da-da-da, because it was in there. Uh, the, um, so I got tired of answering it. And the truth is, I used to own 60% of the public company, so I really didn't have to fucking answer any questions. When you own 60% of a public company, you own for the, you know, if you own any big chunk of a public company, let alone 60%. You know, so I was having the shareholders meeting as a, as a kindness, as a mercy fuck for the other shareholders. Did you bargain the shareholders? What? With stupid questions? When they came, when they came up with stupid questions? Oh yeah, when they, well I said, there are, I used to start the, share, the uh, annual meetings. And there is such a thing as a stupid question. But then they still, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it was almost like I was, they thought, it was like I was antagonizing them. I didn't do it for that. I was telling the truth. They thought in the beginning, Chairman Pena is making a joke. But I wasn't. So then I stopped saying that because it just prompted more questions. But I was fortunate because I had, uh, for the most part, we had institutional shareholders, you know, Kuwaiti government, uh, the Church of England, the Bank of England, uh, uh, Prudential, uh, you know, Fidelity. And we had big, big shareholders. And so, um, but we still had, you know, maybe uh, 15 or so percent of our shareholders were individuals. And because we were um, uh, um, widows and orphans stock, meaning we paid dividends for five years in a row, you, get, you become a widows and orphans stock, which you can put in widows and orphans. Uh, funds, um, the uh, you know we had a different line of question because they they wanted to make sure there was going to be continuity. So because it, we were put in their funds because we paid I think we paid about four or four and a half percent dividend at one time, which was unheard of as a natural resource company startup. It was absolutely unheard of. Okay. Um, what did you think? I agree with Brian. Full stop! <laughs> That's it? No, you've got enough time if you use it correctly. Yeah. Now you're going to think you don't have enough time when you get out there and you start doing, implementing the plan, the war plan. You're going you're, you're gonna, to, because um, you're going to be trying to get a hold of a, a chairman, a mentor, uh, an accounting firm, and they don't get back to you quickly. And especially if you're in Europe, there's no, you know, a lot of people don't return calls past five o'clock on Friday. Um, the, um, or in Australia. Yeah, or, or, in, or in Australia. And, but uh, there is enough time, and so that's why you, you got to press. You got to press hard. I got a, one of my um, mentees, uh, the guy that fell in love with Jodie Foster, uh, and then found out she was gay when they were at Yale together. Uh, he said, um, how do you hound these people and not seem like a lunatic? How do you hound these people and get them to do what you want without sounding like a lunatic or uh, them thinking you're a lunatic? Uh, 
<laughs> and I told uh, Jamie, uh, you don't. Part of the reason that you're going to get them on the team is because of your passion. Now, you can be passionate in a professional way, or you can be passionate because his perception, uh, maybe because of his Ivy League education, Columbia, Yale, and all that stuff, he thought that, you know, he was more inclined to wait until they answered his call. And the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And up here in Scotland, I'm considered a maniac, still, 30 years later. Because when somebody tells me, um, see, when they tell you, we'll get back to you in due course, you know what that means? Between sometime now and never, closer to never. So, so when they tell me that, I just consider it a no. Um, any other questions on that? Um, okay. Thank you, Megan. <laughs>